Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Alphabet Dripping. I'm Ben. I'm Alex. I'm Matt. Before we start our first story today, I feel like we should do something self-indulgent. What do you think, gentlemen? Thorax. Wait, what? I haven't gotten to say the word thorax for a while. It just feels right. <laughs> there you go. Let's dive into some stories. Matt, what story are we starting with today? We'll lead off today with Little Hubert's Day Out by Hubert S. Collins. It was a cold day. I knew it was cold because there was a chill upon the old grease-lined window on which I lay my head the night before. Dawn had come again as it always had in our neighborhood. Where we lived, the sun coming up each morning didn't make you think of the wonderful possibilities that the day had laid before you. No, instead it reminded you that you had to do it all again. You had to get out of your bed stuffed with old seagull feathers, put on your tattered jumpers and oilskin boots, and try to get through another day. My mother had given me an extra ration of cold meal that morning. She was a sweet woman, but the cold meal was still reminding my stomach of how long it had been since I had eaten an ice roast weasel. Stay strong, I told myself. The Christmas feast would be here soon enough. Father had spent the previous night scolding me and the other children because our beloved commode had become inoperable in the night. Whether it was when little Nicholas tried to flush down his battalions of Yorkshire regulars down the swirling maelstrom, or when little Maggie decided her coal miner dolls were going to have a dip in the old grease pond, who could say? What was certain was that if we didn't find a new commode and soon, we would certainly be doomed. And being 14, I was the oldest boy in the family, so the responsibility of buying a new commode fell on my spindly shoulders. I had asked Mr. Waters at the lint factory if I could work a half day today, and even though I could tell by the bulbous vein in his forehead that he wasn't happy about it, he was gracious enough to let me have the morning to go to the commode store. Go and have your fun, you scrawny whelp, he had said. That lint will be here waiting for you. So it was that I came upon the finest commode shop that my meager salary could afford. Tom Winter's quality toilets and discount legal advice on High Street. When I walked through the door, I could tell this wasn't going to be easy. Say, boy, come on in here and peruse my wares. He was a short man, short and stocky. He couldn't have been more than four feet tall, but when he looked at you, he meant it. Who in heaven's name are you talking to, boy? That crapper's not gonna talk back. There were commodes of every kind. Old-fashioned models with a brass chain that hung from the ceiling. New models with a chrome lever right on the upper vessel. And so many collars. White, grey, beige, taupe. And in the corner, behind a stack of old newspapers and a rusty old birdcage, was the most magnificent commode I had ever seen. It was painted peat moss green, mother's favourite. It had a padded seat shaped like a lily pad. There was even a faded maroon drapery for the top with dangly fringes where you could set all manner of trinkets and tiny treasures. That would be the perfect place for Mother's collection of miniature park benches, I thought to myself. But would my meager pay from the lint factory be enough to purchase it? I could only hope against all hope that it would be. 
You ain't gonna stare at that toilet all day, boy. Come, come, time is money. And who in the blazes have you been talking to back there? That bird's been dead longer than you've been big enough for trousers. The old man had caught my attention and broken my fanciful bathroom reverie. It was now time for me to make good on my promise to mother and father. It was time for me to finally become a man. I looked at the old man, looked into his wrinkly eyes, then looked back at the marvellous peat moss commode. I thought to myself, is this what real love feels like? I felt my heart beat and knew that yes, at last, this was love. What on this green earth are you yammering about now, boy? I've never met you before, and you're sure as shingles you've never met that creaky old toilet. Young miscreants always coming in here, wasting my sweet time. Say, boy, are you going to buy that water machine or not? The Queen's Royal Card Game is about to come on the radio, and I'll be damned if I miss it again. Yes, dear sir. I must have this elegant commode. I know that it will make Mother so happy. If you let me buy this machine, sir, I will finally become a man. Yes, yes, fine. Coming of age and all that. It costs two gold sovereigns and a penny farthing. What luck. What divine providence. I had just enough. I reached into my mothy pockets and pulled out the precious coins. Don't talk to that rack of plungers, boy. Talk to me. Look a man in the eye when you speak to him. Thank you, sir. You've changed many lives today. I had placed the commode in my lint cart and headed back home. This was, without question, the greatest day of my life. I could see myself now christening this kingly gift with the most luxurious dump. This little green statue was going to provide so much for so many of those that were dear to me. In many ways, the commode was the soulmate I had been searching for my whole life. I just never realized it until this moment. My life and the life of this delicate water machine would be intertwined for all eternity. Surely it would someday serve as a lavish gravestone in the family resting plot. When I returned home, I was greeted with smiles and warm embraces. Father patted me on the shoulder and placed the ceremonial weasel pelt on my head. Mother hugged me and then hugged the commode. For one day, not all was bleak and dreary on our cold dust-laden street. For one day, there was hope. And for one day, I was the anointed Lord of all that lay before me. So you didn't stick around for the rest of the protest about certain things? No, because it wasn't ten minutes before the Radicals came out. The Radicals again? Yeah, with their kickflips, ollies, and McTwists. Did they then get in the middle of everything and start a hacky-sack circle for peace? I don't know. I left before that nonsense started. Stupid Radicals. Well, we need story time again. What story do we have, Matt? Alex, we'll first have a message from one of our sponsors, but then we'll listen to Indoor Merriment by Wilbur von Hinkelstein. One girl had a dream. A dream to taste the culinary pleasures of the French Orient. Mm-hmm. There's only one problem. She has no tongue. Perhaps with the help of some time-traveling Muppets, she can get her taste back. <laughs> but 
But now she's finding out that perhaps the best place to rediscover your senses isn't Lincoln's log cabin. No, no, it really isn't. I don't know why you've come here. Get those puppets off my furniture. Will this young girl ever discover a taste for time travel? Quite an eve we have here, Chester. Quite an eve indeed, Leonard, old chap. An eve such as this would require some good gallivanting, don't you think, chum? I believe so. Shall we motor about town and find some flappers to neck with in the back of our struggle buggy? A splendid thought, but unfortunately, the old jalopy's out of gas at the moment, and it's too late to fill her up today. Drets, how about a jaunt down the street to Twiddly Thomas's speakeasy? Not a bad idea. Ah, applesauce, that old Puritan Father Renault gathered a bunch of bimbos and burnt the old juice joint to the ground. Ah, lean pickings, then. Lean pickings. I suppose we could stay in tonight and watch the pornograph. Bully! Just bully! Let's do that! I'll bring it forth. There we go. But how will we determine who gets the first go at a looky-loo? I'd say a game of chance is the only way. I've got my lucky dice right here. Standard gentleman rules apply. Indeed. Three, four, six, nine, eleven. It's you. Five, seven, eight, ten. Boxcars, it's me. Snake eyes is a reroll. A square deal. Ah, three. Looks like you get to watch first, old bean. Nifty. I'll put on this new one we got. It's called Malls and Dolls. Ready? And raring. Let's get a wiggle on. Ah, very good, very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Look at those gams. Oh, good times to be had by all. Oh, wait, what? Pedal faster, Leonard. Oh, come on now, old chap. It's mighty boring doing the pedal work. How about you describe the action for me? It'll give me all the incentive I need, savvy? Copacetic, my friend. Let's carry on, shall we? Onward! Well, the first scene was a teaser, you see. Some youngsters pulled over in their breezer. Just some necking and heavy petting to get the blood flowing. Ah, now we're on to the main attraction. It looks like a telegraph repairman on a service call. Oh, he's one big six, a real well-built fella. Yes, he's knocking on the door now. A dame answers the door. Oh, what a looker. Okay, they're, they're talking for a bit. He's explaining how he needs to come inside and check the telegraph lines for himself. She lets him in with a smile. Oh, oh, it appears that she has some friends over. Look at those gams. I can't look at them, Chester. Describe them for me. Well, suffice to say, they're the bee's knees. What's this? Oh, no. One of them spilled a drink all over the repairman's shirt. He has to take his shirt off. Hmm. They appear to just be standing there, ogling, instead of finding the man a replacement shirt. Uh-oh. But now a different dame spilled a drink all over her dress. Whatever is she going to do? Why, it appears her answer is to disrobe right there in the parlor. Really? Tell me everything in detail. There's no time, man. While she was taking off her dress, she bumped into a tray filled with wine glasses. You know, there's, there's wine on all of their dresses and the repairman's pants. It appears they have a decision to make. Keep pedaling, Leonard. I am doing a bang-up job so far. Please, tell me what's going on. They come to a decision. Oh, oh dear. Flesh. Everywhere. Mm, the chassis on these dolls. And the gams. Mm. The posture. 
How can someone bend like that? Chester, what's the decision? What are they doing? Chester! Eureka! What transpired, Chester? You all right, chum? Bully. I'm, I'm just bully. It's, uh, it's the berries. That's great. How about we switch spots? I think it's about time I had a look. Oh, I'm, I'm spent, fella. I'm going to need to retire to the fending couch for a spell. Maybe, uh, maybe you can get your turn next weekend. Says you. Chester, don't be a wet blanket. Come on, man. You've filled your peepers and apparently your pants with all the action. I should get a fair shake. I can't wait till next weekend. You know, Matt, I've been thinking. Why does the room feel so cold all of a sudden? What if we gathered up a heaping handful of kittens, uh-huh. put them in a burlap sack, uh... and gently place them at the front door of a lonely recluse? How soon do you think they'll turn into a crazy cat person? We should probably leave that question to the philosophers. Okay, we'll have a story instead. Our pals Edgar and Virgil are up to some more mischief. Let's check it out. You know, I've been thinking. What you been thinking? I've been thinking maybe these robots want to kill us. Sure seems like it. And I've been thinking maybe we ought to fight back. Well. So I think all them robots want is for normal, though classically unattractive and over-the-hill people, just people like you and me. Now calm down. You know what? Well, I suppose. They think we're expendable. Well, I say you and me go down to that illegal prepper store. You mean the one off Faldry? Yeah, I mean that one off Faldry, just off, like... Two blocks. What are we gonna get? Well, I'm telling you. No. We'll go to that illegal prepper store off Faldry, because it's run by humans, actual humans, and buy us some of them freeze-dried meals. Well, I mean, do we have to? Then we'll... Well, of course we have to, Virgil. Now, how the hell are we gonna survive the collapse? Well... You know it? I guess. You buying? No, you're buying. Now... Now, it's been a slow month, what with all the free junk food. Man, I got you. Yep. Well, let's do it. Three hours of illegal paranoid survivalist prepper shopping later. Well, you boys have been busy. You bet your ass we have. Now, I found this coupon. We don't take any coupons. Now, just hear me out. Whatever. I actually did this myself. Hey. Well, you helped. Sure. Now, we drew up this 20% off coupon. Total fake, of course, but we thought maybe you'd... Why not? Oh, you mean it? I see you took advantage of our closeout sale on cattle prods. I heard you can disable a robot with one for ten whole seconds. Sure, if you use two at a time. Well, good thing we bought eight of them. Yep, two for each hand. I'm supposed to tell you that if you buy another two months' worth of these freeze-dried classic Italian favorites, we'll throw in six free vacuum-packed tiramisus. Okay, we'll get two more months' worth. But... Oh, quit your whining. You ain't even spent up half that gold nugget you found. I forgot about that thing. Yeah, that's your retirement. She was a whopper. No one's gonna care about precious metals after the collapse. Yeah, but I heard the robots need them. Oh, so we're just talking about precious metals with customers? Chill out, I upsold. Oh, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Whatever. Keep up the good work. You better find out what that thing's worth. Well, I gotta find it first, I guess. And honestly, I think you're buying too much ammo. Now, come on! I mean, are you just protecting yourselves, or do you want to start a two-man revolution? I thought it was a bit excessive myself. Well, what the hell you know about it? You know how many bullets it takes before you even hit the damn thing? You should probably put that money toward a fiberglass bunker. 
You could get the plus model if you cut down your ammo budget by like 75%. Well, what do you think? I'm fine with it. Okay, we'll get one. Your total is 380,774 credits. 20% off! That's the coupon price. Oh, wait a minute now. Oh, calm down, Virgil. That's like 64 people dollars. Oh, shoot, I got that right here. Thank you. Have a peppy prepper day. Oh, we will! Yep, sure will. Boy, that was a good deal on them waterproof matches. Sure was. You know it? Phase two complete. Skipping to phase five. Is that music necessary? Thank you. Don't forget to have a peppy prepper day! Okay. There are times when these stories just wind me right up. Like Gary Busey on any given Saturday? Yes, sir. I hope all of you out there enjoyed listening. Our goal is to deliver you a monthly dose of weird. If you'd like to contribute with a weird tale of your own, please feel free to email us at email at alphabetdrippings.com. Now, we must warn you that we can't promise that we'll record your tale right away or at all. But don't let that stop you from creating weird and fun stuff. Until next time, you've been listening to Alphabet Drippings. I'm your worst nightmare, butthorn.